Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above the level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Have you ever wondered why we encounter challenges in life? Why it feels like life is full of battles. Everywhere you turn, there's another battle to fight. I mean, if God puts a good desire in your heart, he plants a purpose and a dream in your heart that will birth something good on earth. Why is it that we still have to fight for it? Why do we have people, whether near or far, family, friends or foe, whatever it might be, actually sometimes actively resisting what you know is a good desire from God? Today, I'm going to be helping you see from a different perspective why we face challenges and also what you need to do to overcome those challenges in order to make sure that you win. Stay tuned. Hey everyone and welcome, welcome to today's episode. I want to start off today by sincerely apologizing for not putting out an episode last week. I just completely overloaded myself. Um, so I, I went into the last, literally the last three to four weeks, um, with a lot on my plate, uh, with a launch of, of one of our new services, um, as well as traveling. Uh, <laughs> so there was, there was just so much. I usually batch my episodes, uh, but by the time we got to that final week, I was out of the country. I was still working on uk time i was just completely exhausted and by the time we came back all the everything put together i just could not get that episode out so i do apologize and as we continue to draw on the grace of god it will not happen again and if it does please forgive me <laughs> okay so today um as i said in my introduction i'm going to be talking about challenges have you you know have you not sat down to think sometimes that if if god wants all these wonderful things for me that he's showing me why is why sometimes does it feel so difficult why are people you know um actively resisting so the the form of opposition could be in different ways you think you have a beautiful idea that you believe so much in and you put it out there and People are like, really? Uh, <laughs> they, they either don't come to it, they don't, they're not attracted to it in the way that you thought they should be, or so that's on one end, opposition through just literally ignoring, as in they, it doesn't even make a ruffle. Um, and to the other extreme, where you have people that will actively rise up and resist and oppose this thing and you're thinking i don't understand this is a good thing this is is going to bring something good to the earth um and what i'm talking about is a spectrum of dreams and desires that god may have planted in your heart from wanting to progress in your career from wanting to get married and have a godly marriage from wanting to raise children that are serving the lord and are also excelling in all areas of life from wanting to grow your business so it can mean anything but you would you would think that if people would see that oh this is a good thing that is being proposed let's rally around and let's help this person get there um but it seems like that's not really how it plays out in real life it's not really how it plays out in real life so if you are in a place whereby you feel you have something good that God has planted in your heart, but it seems you're facing opposition particularly. So today I'm focusing mainly on opposition from people. Now, this is not to 
sort of single people out and say you are the one opposing me no 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 we understand that it has nothing to do with flesh and blood the bible teaches us that we have no business fighting people so if someone is opposing something that you know god is asking you to do you cannot fight the person because bible makes it clear that we wrestle not against people but against principality so you your own business is literally to resist satan and if Satan is the one that is staring up that person or those people against you, once you deal with the source, then everything else is dealt with. So I'm particularly talking about how to navigate life when you're facing opposition, opposition even from people that love you. And why is that? So we're going to be talking about that today, why we face that kind of opposition and also how to navigate it so that they don't they don't steal your voice they don't shut you up okay and that you keep going until you attain whatever it is god has shown you that he wants you to have and as we always do we're going to go into the bible so i'm going to go into my book of wisdom and today we're going to be examining the life and the story of a man called Bartimaeus. Now, if you're a Bible reader, a Christian, you go to church, etc., it is very likely that you would have heard the story of this man before and it would not be new to you. But I, I like to, <laughs> you know, take things from like slightly different perspectives than what we may have been used to. So don't dismiss this because I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to do a work and he's going to show you things that you have never seen before or at the very least remind you of things that you already know so the story of the man called Bartimaeus and he he was referred to the bible he was labeled as his story was being told as blind Bartimaeus meaning he had come to take on the identity of a blind man so when people saw him they said oh blind Bartimaeus that was how he was described he was no longer described by the identity God gave him originally when he was born he was now being defined by the identity of his circumstance. The same way you might think, you might look at someone and say, oh, that person, she's just, she's just an angry person, right? You know, people label people by their character. Oh, that one is just this, that one is just that. Or by their situation. Oh, that one that always fills her businesses or whatever it is. Oh, that one that's, that is lazy. We, we tend to look at people and we judge them by their external circumstances. And that's, that's one of the first things. Oh, by the way, the version of the story of Blind Bartimaeus that I'm going to be um, looking at today is from Mark chapter 10. Now, I, th I believe um, Matthew and Luke also carry that story, but in particular, I'm going to be looking at Mark chapter 10. Now, the first thing I want us to see there in the, in the sense that people called him blind Bartimaeus, right, is that it is very dangerous to judge people by their past or even their present. And the most beautiful example that I can give is if you look at Jesus, if you look at Jesus, Jesus was born in a manger, as in he was born in a dirty, smelly manger, but nobody that looked at him using physical eyes and judging his circumstance would ever say that this is the king of kings nobody it had to be by revelation and the only people that came and worshipped him as king of kings were people that their eyes were open so the shepherds that the angels appeared to and obviously mary and his, his earthly father joseph they knew who he was elizabeth knew who he was and the wise men that came from the east they knew by revelation so whenever you are interacting with people human beings don't be so quick to judge them by their past or their present because you are only being led by information. To truly access the identity of a human being, you have to go into the spirit. You have to say, God, what am I not seeing about this person? What is, what is their future? What exactly is their identity in the spirit? The same thing, you know, for your spouse, your wife, your, your husband and your children. You have to 
lead by revelation. You have to interact with people by revelation. And the truth is, you might say, oh, but, you know, I don't always have that revelation. Absolutely right. You know, God will not always show you something about somebody's life. But we know, we know, we know that we can always go by this one revelation that God did not create anything that is not worthy of celebration. It says every good and perfect gift comes from above the father of lights. So you might look at somebody and say, oh, he's no good. She's no good. There's no nothing good in their future. No, absolutely. That is absolutely wrong. You, you know, that may have been the situation in their past and in their current life. But if we know that every human being that God places upon this earth is a good and a perfect gift to their generation, to you in particular, that is in a sphere of influence, then we can always go by that revelation that there's always something good in somebody. So that's the first thing that we see about Bartimaeus, that he was called blind Bartimaeus, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. All right. So he was sitting by the roadside. And he was begging for money and people, you know, people were going back and forth. He was literally, he had accepted his situation. And back then, you know, I always like to put things in context. I'm not really sure there was much that a blind person could do. If we try and look at it in context of the time that he lived in, thank God for the many advancements that have happened today where blind people go on to do many things. I don't know if that was the case in that time if you were blind if people didn't judge you and say it's because you sinned or it's because your parents sinned therefore you are an outcast in society whatever led blind batimus to come to that point where he accepted his situation and he thought the only way he could survive was to be completely dependent on other people i don't know but that was where he ended up he got to the place where he accepted his situation and he did not have the confidence to feel like he could move forward or he could even do something as basic as survive without the help of other people. That brings me to the next thing that I wanted to highlight. It's something called, psychologists call learned helplessness. So learned helplessness. It means you get to the place whereby situation after situation has hammered a particular thought into your consciousness and you take on the identity of that situation and you believe that you cannot be set free and i believe that they did a study and they i believe the study was they um put a, a bird in a cage and the bird would always try to you know as soon as they put it in the cage they would always it would always try to escape um so maybe something like for 30 days this bird you know kept trying to escape would fly hit the hit the the railings and so on and would go back and sit down try to escape try to escape keep hitting up against the barriers that was holding it captive and after a while this bird because it kept coming up against obstacles because it kept coming up against that situation that was reinforcing that you are now a captive you cannot be free he says i think it was after 30 days that the door to the cage was open and that bird did not escape in fact i believe he said he flew so it was like oh it's open he flew out and within five minutes he flew back in and then sat there and never went anywhere again that's called learned helplessness where you have a fault all right inside you and we all do all right so it might be like oh i'm not a patient person i'm very impatient and even though the bible teaches us otherwise that the love that is within you is patient is kind we get to the point where we believe oh that's just who i am that's just who i am no, that's not who you are. That is what your situation has taught you. That is what experience has taught you to believe. You have taken on the identity to the point that you don't even try any longer. So someone is trying to progress in their career. They have heard a lot of no's. Doors have been shot in their face. And they get to the point where they're like, 
I don't, you know, it's not really for me anyway. And then they stop trying. That's called learned helplessness, where you believe that you cannot move forward unless somebody literally comes and takes you forward. The danger in that is, as you will see, lots of people are concerned with their own things. If you sit down waiting for someone to come and bring you into your destiny, you could end up sitting down for the rest of your life and not truly really manifest what God has placed inside you. All the power, all the strength, all the grace that we need to get up and move forward into our destiny has been deposited in us by God. And we also have the precious Holy Spirit in us. He's always with us and he's very enthusiastic about bringing us into our inheritance. So learned helplessness is where we have accepted a situation as unable to change unless an external factor comes into play. So blind Bartimaeus got to a point where he was literally depending on other people for his own sustenance, to be able to eat something as basic as being able to eat. All right, so let's keep going. He now says that when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, <laughs> I, I admire this man because I do not believe he was the only blind man that was sitting there. Maybe he was, but at least he was definitely not the only blind man that Jesus would have passed at some point because there were many blind people. The Bible talks about Jesus was, you know, basically telling the Pharisees off. And he said, why, why do you think that out of all the widows, referring to Elijah, I said, out of all the widows that were in Israel, he didn't send Elijah to any of them during severe famine. He sent him to an outsider. He said, why do you think that is? And that's what we're going to be explaining now in what we're looking at in the life of Bartimaeus. So he says he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. This man had come to a point where he believed that, listen, unless people give me to eat, I'm going to starve and I'm going to die. I am depending on other people to at least sustain my life. All right. We talked about that learned helplessness. But the good thing about this and what I wanted to highlight here is that God is so full of mercy. He will never leave us in that state. You yourself, listen to me now, you can attest to what I'm saying. Even at the deepest point of your discouragement and disappointment, somehow God finds a way to bring someone into your environment to speak a word. He finds a way to, to stir you up. It might, it might take a while, but this is what I'm saying. Even if you have experienced depression and, and I'm talking because I've experienced depression. There was a time in my life for years when I was depressed, you know, I was going about my daily life, but I, I had no joy. So in all those times, there was always a word, whether, you know, and a word of, of encouragement will come. This is the same thing that happened to Bartimaeus. Even in that season where it looked dark and it was a valley, there was still an infiltration of light. Now, what you need to do in that situation is to grab hold of that light. What happens sometimes where we continue to stay in that depressed state or in that state of learned helplessness is when that light comes by the mercy of God into our space, we may look at it and admire it for only a short while. And after a while, you know, you're like, oh, this is, I don't know, you know, the, it, the situation is just too bad for, for, for this to make any difference. And we dismiss it and thereby we continue in that state. But what I love about Bartimaeus is the fact that when he heard that that there was someone passing by that was the solution to his problem that was going to help him break out of that place that he was, he grabbed it with both hands. I wonder if there had been opportunities prior to that that he had lost that he had lost maybe someone had come up to him and said 
But Timios, you don't have to beg by the roadside. I can teach you. I can train you to work with your hands. And maybe you thought, no, how can I do it if I'm blind? And maybe opportunities because the mercy of God is revealed to all men in everything. There's nobody that can say, oh, God has departed from me. God has deserted me. In anything you're going through, God's mercy is available and he will keep coming and keep bringing that light to you so that you can grab hold of it. So I'm pretty sure there would have been other opportunities for him to get up out of that place and rise up and move forward. Maybe he squandered those opportunities, but not this time. He heard that Jesus was nearby and he began to shout. That was his own corresponding action to begin to shout. His corresponding action was to get Jesus's attention. What is your own corresponding action? When that light comes to punctuate that darkness, that disappointment, that depression, that discouragement, what are you required to do? So if someone, you know, you're at work and you've been applying for jobs or you're trying to gain a promotion and somebody comes to you and says, actually, you know, you could try this way. Uh, and at first, the, the, um, what's it called? <laughs> the opposition, the resistance, that's the word, rises within you. And like, I've done it so many times. Learned helplessness keeps, kicks in and you're like, listen, you know, I, I, I've done all this. I've done all that. But within you, there's something that grabs hold within you that says, this, this actually might be the right way to go. Whatever that corresponding action is, it is to take it. I, I couldn't know because it is as different for each person as, as you, as you can, as you can be. So the corresponding action is different for every person, but the stimulation that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit is the same. That stimulation comes to set you upon your feet so that you can move so that you can do something and get up from that place so he heard about jesus that was the mercy of god that was light coming to penetrate that area and season of darkness he grabbed hold with it with both hands and then he began to shout jesus son of david have mercy on me all right have mercy on me the other thing i wanted to highlight here is if someone is shouting, it means they have absolute conviction about what they have heard. So he wasn't whispering. He wasn't like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> he was literally shouting. He was shouting. He didn't whimper. He didn't whisper. What I want to highlight here is this. Sometimes, and you'll see why when I talk about the opposition next, do not shout about something that is not yet a conviction for you and you will see why in a minute so for example when that glimmer of light comes you may just need to keep it first of all and allow it grow and allow it grow and meditate on it giving god thanks and allowing that confidence to grow within you before you step out because if you step out prematurely when that light is still so tiny and your heart is still full of doubt and unbelief. If you step out and people oppose you and trample upon it, it will not last. You will, you will climb back into your cage like the bird and say, no, this can't work. So he shouted, meaning he had absolute conviction, absolute conviction. Okay. So nothing and no one could stop him. That was when he made it known to people. So stop sharing things that God is telling you prematurely with people. Prematurely with people. You hear something, you have an idea, and immediately you go and share with someone. And the person says, oh, really? There's so many people doing that already. I don't think that will work. Because they say that, because by their words, they have judged that idea. And that idea is not yet really rooted in your own heart. Guess what's going to happen? They have just trampled upon that seed. And because it's a tiny seed, a tiny plant that doesn't have deep root yet, you too, you'll be like, oh, that's true. You know, you're absolutely right. And then you would discard it. So he had conviction. And what happens next? So he began to shout, 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you would think, uh, you would think for a blind man that people would hear him shouting, knowing what Jesus was capable of and knowing what he was asking for, that people would help him to begin to shout, Jesus, there's a blind man here calling for you. You would think that. That's why I started in my introduction and said, to you, you know it is a good thing. To you, you know it will bring good into the earth. So why? Why would people not join you in helping to make it happen? Why would some even go as far as actively resisting? What happens next? It says, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. Can you, can you see how this is playing out? These stories are in the Bible to teach us. So when you have that idea, when you want to do something, someone wants to get married and you're getting along in age according to how people, quote unquote, according to how people like to describe it. And they say, uh-uh, why are you turning everybody down? But you know the kind of marriage that God has planted in your heart, the kind of spouse he has told you he's going to give you. But they are mocking that idea that you have. And they're saying, ah, anybody that comes, accept, oh, why are you, why are you, why are you being picky? They're not the ones that are going to be in the marriage with you. They just want to satisfy their own desire to see you married. And like I said, these can also be loved ones that love you with everything they are, but they don't see what you see. You are the only one that can see what God is showing you. So let's not sort of get taken aback or get, you know, railroaded by the resistance that come, that comes from people when you have an idea that God has given you. It is a fact of life that you will have people that will resist you. It is just the way things are. That's what I'm trying to show today. It is just the way things operate in this realm in, on earth. I believe when we get to heaven, there will be no resistance. God plants a desire in your heart and boom, everybody rallies. Everybody's walking in love and they're making it happen. But not, not right now, not while we're on this earth. There will be people that God will specifically bring your way that will commit themselves to you and say, listen, this vision that God has given you, I am committed to helping you make it happen. But the majority will not. The majority will not. A blind man wanting healing and people are shouting at him saying, be quiet, saying, be quiet. That doesn't make sense, but it's the reality of it. I heard Steve Harvey, a, you know, um, well, I would say world renowned TV personality tell this story. And so he, he's a comedian, stand up comedian. He has his own very popular TV talk show and so on and had I heard him tell the story about how as a child he he had you know he was a stammerer so he had a very bad stutter he couldn't talk he said he couldn't talk outside of his home so at home you know because I think people have said um, stuttering is actually psychological so some people can maybe talk when they're comfortable and they feel confident but when they get into situations where they are free they can't talk so that was his situation at home he could talk but once he stepped out of his house he began to stammer and he said he was 10 years old and he he said as far as he could remember at least as as far back as when he was 10 god just planted this idea inside him that he was going to be on tv so at 10 at age 10 his teacher asked the whole class to do an assignment and the assignment was very simple you write your name so i am steve harvey and then underneath that write whatever it is you're going to be in the future. So literally, I am XYZ, I'm going to be a lawyer. I am XYZ, I'm going to be a doctor, etc. So he wrote down on his piece of paper, I am Steve Harvey and I'm going to be on TV. So when, when all the uh, papers were collected in and the teacher was given feedback, so different, you know, all the different kids wrote different things, uh, teacher, fireman, 
a doctor, lawyer, you know, all those things that all those professions that people tend to glorify um, above others. Basically, you know, they wrote all those things. And then when it came to his, the teacher picked it up, read it. I am Steve Harvey and I'm going to be on TV. This was, he didn't know why he wanted to be on TV. It was just something that God had planted in his heart. He didn't even know how it was going to happen. He just knew he wanted to be on TV. And the teacher literally called him and said, Steve, come on up here. And he is thinking, oh, wow, mine is the most creative answer. And the teacher is going to commend me because everyone else, you know, he was saying like road boring things like teacher, lawyer, doctor and so on. So he thought I was very creative. The teacher is going to for once acknowledge me in front of the whole class. He said he didn't realize that the teacher was about to humiliate him in front of the whole class. So she called him. He, he walked up and she began to question him in a very, very intimidating way. So she said, you're going to be on TV. I said, uh, uh, and remember, he can't talk. He, he, so he was stammering. You're going to be on TV. Uh, 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 who do you know? Which of your family has ever been on TV? Uh, 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 you can't even talk. How can you be on TV? And she literally reduced him to zero. He said, who have you ever seen on TV? Who in this school has ever been on TV? Who do you think you are? You are nothing. You're nobody. Reduce this young man to zero. To zero. I mean, you would think, you would think that a child writes something like that, right? And an adult that has been placed in authority over that child would look through the eyes of revelation to think there's nothing you can't do has god put in your heart go for it but no it is human nature and do you know i said I, I promised that i was going to give the reason why people do that and it's very simple every time someone resists you or actively opposes something that you know god is asking you to do remember this it is not a reflection of you or your dream. It is a reflection of their own limitations. I'll repeat that. Anytime people actively oppose or resist something, a dream that God has placed in your heart, it is not a reflection of you or your dream. It is a reflection of their own limitations. And I've had this happen to me as I'm sure to you many many times i used to get really upset i used to get really downcast until god began to teach me that hey listen it has nothing to do with you they're just demonstrating the limitations in their own mind they can't see it they think it's impossible so they are speaking from that place they don't think you're worthy. So they're speaking from that place. The same way the crowd around Bartimaeus thought, you dirty blind man, shut up and sit down. Is it, are you the kind of person that the savior is going to be looking for? No, you're not worthy of that dream. And as a result of that, they tried to silence him. So stop taking it personally when people oppose you. Stop taking it personally when people actively stand up and they resist you. Stop taking it personally. Even people that love you. Why? Because they can't see what you see. Only you have that privilege of seeing what God is showing you. You are the only person that has that privilege. So if you allow them to throw a blanket and cover up the light that God is building up in your own heart, you are at fault because you have allowed them to do it. You just need to shrug it off. You just need to say, oh, really? Okay, that's fine. That means you don't see it. It's okay. To finish my story about Steve Harvey, obviously the man is wildly successful. And this is what I love about that story. It says every year since, you know, he, he was on TV and, you know, that and he started off as being a stand-up comedian. He had his own comedy show, now um, nationally syndicated, if not internationally syndicated, talk show, etc. He said he sends out every year at Christmas if a plasma TV, a flat screen TV, just to, just to remind her that I'm on TV, just in case you don't have an opportunity to watch it. 
I don't know. <laughs> but that's what he does. So he's giving her a gift and sending her a message at the same time. You can't allow people to silence you when you're shouting for your destiny. You must not. If you allow them to silence you, it is not their responsibility. They're not at fault. You are the only one that carries that blame. If you're going for something and people come and resist you, I talked about someone, you know, the lady, for example, it's usually us ladies that get the, you know, short end of the stick. That is maybe in her thirties and people are already murmuring. I say, when are you going to get married? Why can't you accept this one? What's wrong with this one that has come? And you know that you have seen by the spirit that this is not a very responsible man. He doesn't, he hasn't given his heart to Jesus. He's born again. Yes, but he's, he's willful. And you say, no, this is not my husband. I'm like, what's wrong with him? He has a job. He can walk. He can. <laughs> and that for them, that's it. He's a man. He's breathing. And he's a Christian. End of story. Sometimes they will say, maybe the Lord will change his heart if he's not it. Whatever it is. But you know, that is not the dream God gave you. All right. If you allow that to pressure you, whatever you meet on the other side, it, it, you have to accept responsibility for it. And at least allow the Holy Spirit to begin to bring restoration. All right. Do not allow people to change or to alter the identity that God has given you in your heart. If you do, you are the one that has led them because they can't see what you are seeing. They can't see what you're seeing. They can't see what you're saying. It's like you're about to cross the road. You're the one that has advantage, advantage point. You can see that there's a car coming. Someone behind you can't see the car and say, ah, the road is clear. Go, go. And you're like, but there's a car coming and they keep putting pressure on you. And then because you don't want to disappoint them or because you allow the pressure to get you step on the road, God forbid, do you understand? You have the responsibility. You have it because you're the one that God has committed the vision to. So they kept shouting, be quiet, be quiet. They yelled at him. They yelled at him, something good. God was about to do something beautiful in this man's life. And yet there were people that were actively resisting him. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but that's how we are. And before we get up on that high horse, we do it too. Every human being does it. Because like I said, the, you don't see what is going on in that person's life. You're only judging based on your own experiences. So we all do it. We all do it. We all oppose people that we should not be opposing. If you don't know what is going on, it's better to be quiet and say nothing rather than go and contribute and lend your voice to the people that are attacking the person. And then you end up, you know, literally siding on the other side of Jesus. Remember the woman that was caught in adultery? Jesus and the woman stood on one side and everybody that was accusing stood on the other side. So we don't want to be on the other side. We want to be on the side of Jesus doing whatever Jesus is doing, not on the other side accusing and trying to destroy life. So I'll keep reading. It now says, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. That is why I said, don't share with people, even no matter how close they are to, in fact, it is the ones that are closest to us that can, that have the more, the most power in destroying that seed because you value what they say. If a stranger comes and says something, he might sort of pinch you a little bit, but after a while you've forgotten that, who is this person? But if someone that you love, someone that loves you, speaks a, a word of opposition, you tend to carry it with more weight. So don't go around sharing things until you have a conviction about it. Stay in prayer, stay in meditation on that word until you know and the Holy Spirit has built strength into you for that thing, for that desire, for that good thing that he wants to do. So in spite, that was why Bartimaeus, remember I, I said earlier that he had absolute conviction. That's why he was shouting. So when the opposition came, when people said, shut up, literally, they said, shut up, be quiet. You're not the kind of person that he's looking for. We know who you are. You are a blind beggar. You can never be more than that. He says that he only shouted louder. 
So literally, whatever that corresponding action is, for him, it was to shout until Jesus heard him. For you, whatever it is, step that the Holy Spirit is inspiring you to take. Don't allow doubt, unbelief, the words of people to get you to slow down. No, accelerate. Accelerate. Whatever it is the Holy Spirit is directing you to do, um, you know, you, 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 you do something. I'm speaking to, um, like entrepreneurs or whatever it is. You post something on, on social media and somebody makes a comment. Listen, it has nothing to do with you. They just can't see what you're seeing. They can't see what you're saying. There are other people that are seeing what you're saying and are being blessed by it. So instead of regressing simply because she hit up against a bump of the road, you need to accelerate. You need to accelerate because it is as you accelerate and you gain momentum, you gain speed, you gain power that you can obliterate any opposition that stands in your way. It says he shouted louder and louder and louder. He didn't reduce his voice. He didn't care what people thought. He just accelerated. He just accelerated. So instead of reducing your investment in whatever that desire is, do you know what you should do? Multiply your investment in it. Spend more time on it. Give more of your effort into it. Why? Because you know that you're gaining momentum to literally wipe out that opposition from your path. Okay. So he shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him. <laughs> now, what I want to say here as I now begin to round up is this. It is your responsibility to birth on earth the dream that God has given you. If Bartimaeus had stopped shouting when opposition came, you would never have received that healing from Jesus. You have to view the dreams that God has given you in the same light. Did Jesus want to heal him? Yes. If he had stopped shouting, would he have had the opportunity to be healed? No. So if you give up, it is not Jesus' fault. Listen to what I'm saying. If he had stopped shouting, it would not have been, oh, Jesus refused to heal him. It would have been because he allowed the external influences, probably stirred up thoughts, actions, and the words of people stirred up from hell to cover his light. He, he allowed it to happen. And as a, result of that, as a result of that, that light was cut off. That's what I'm saying. In the same way, God has already given you that responsibility. He has planted his, he has given you the grace as you walk to him, with him. He gives you the wisdom. He shows you what to do. Your responsibility is to keep going, to keep accelerating, to keep multiplying your investment into that seed, watering it, looking after it, taking care of it, giving time and attention and energy into what God shows you to do in spite of anything that comes to stand in your way. You are absolutely convinced and you have a deep conviction of where you are going. You can see clearly where you're going. If you stop, it will not be God's responsibility. The same way it could never have been Jesus' responsibility or Jesus' fault that Bartimaeus didn't get healed if he had stopped shouting. Stop blaming God. Stop saying, oh God, you showed me this. Why hasn't it happened? God has done everything he will ever do regarding that because God never starts anything that he hasn't already finished. The Bible talks about how before the lamb, that is Jesus Christ, that was slain, killed before the foundations of the world. Do you know what that means? It means even before God created the heavens and the earth, before he created the earth, before he put Adam and Eve there, it says before the foundations of the world, he had already looked at what would happen and he had already completed it. If Adam does this and this happens, this is how we're going to redeem them. So he had finished it before he even began it. So God, that dream he has planted in your heart, God has already completed it. He has seen it through its completion. He has looked at everything that could go wrong and he has made provision for you to keep going until you achieve it. If you give up halfway, it is not because of God. It is because you gave up. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. 
amazing. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So you just have to keep going until the opportunity becomes evident to all. Now, what do I mean by that? So he says, so they call the man, the blind man, chair up, chair up. They said, come on, he's calling you. The same people, <laughs> the same people that were saying, shut up, were the same people that were saying, oh, be full of joy, be happy, celebrate. The master is calling you. That is how fickle people are. Until people can see this dream of yours with their eyes, as we say back in Nigeria, with their koro koro eyes, they will not support you. Like I said, unless there's some people that God will give the privilege of bringing them into that revelation and they will come like the, the shepherds, the, the wise men, Mary and Joseph. Do you understand? Only a handful of people. There's only a handful of people that will come and join themselves to you when there's nothing to see on the outside. That will believe that vision. It's only a handful. So if you're trying to gather the multitude when there's nothing to see, you're honestly gathering opposition to yourself. So the same people, when they now saw that, oh, Jesus wants to heal him all, that's when they got on board. That's when they began to celebrate with him and began to help him. And that's how it happens. When your success becomes evident, all those people that had ignored you, all those people that had you know, disregarded that dream, all those people that had despised the dream, that's when you now see all of them coming because they want to associate with success because they can now see it, a measure of it, and like, ah, there's something here. They will now come. So you don't need to fight people. The ones that God, your prayer really should be, Father, the ones that you have sent the helpers of my destiny and the midwives of my destiny. You need helpers and you need midwives. Father, Lord, show them to me. Order my steps so that I come in contact with the helpers of my destiny and the midwives. Everybody else you do not need because if you try and bring them, they will cause confusion. So they said, Cherub is calling you and Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Some people have said that coat represented the coat of a beggar. You know, I haven't researched enough to be able to verify that, but I can understand. I, I, I can liken it to when Joseph shaved his beard. He shaved his beard in order to go to Pharaoh because the Egyptians did not appreciate <laughs> beards, right? You, everywhere you look today is like everybody has a beard. I am just thinking maybe that's this season should pass quickly because I, I'm not sure I'm a fan of beards. <laughs> okay, digressing. <laughs> so he threw off his coat, meaning, hey, my season has come. I'm no longer a beggar. It's a new season. And then he came, he jumped up, he leaped up in praise. And then he came to Jesus. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, my rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. Now, the, the main thing that I want to highlight there, people talk about being specific. And if you go through, if you have ever gone through any of my programs, gems, or even a super burnout woman, you will, one of the things that I'm very, very particular about is for you to have clarity. If you don't even know what it is you want, then you're going to have a hard time attracting it to yourself. I mean, Jesus looked at a blind man shouting and calling for his attention, a blind beggar and said, what do you want? You might think, Jesus, who needs healing for their eyes here? I mean, can't you see that the man is blind? Jesus saw that the man is blind, but he needed to vocalize what he wanted. He needed to say it. He needed clarity. I want to see. I want to see. So at that point, the way you come in contact with my, at the point of manifestation, you have to be able to say clearly what you want, because when the opportunity comes, you will recognize it. And that is what brings it into your space and into manifestation and into manifestation. So maintain clarity, keep that vision in front of you. Ask the Holy Spirit to shed light so that you can see clearly. And when you ask, ask boldly. 
He said, I want to see. I want to see. When the opportunity presented itself, he knew exactly what to do. Like you have been, God has shown you that you are going to sit at the table at work, you know, board of directors, whatever it is. And then the opportunity comes for you to come and make a pitch or something. And then the door opens and say, right, here's your, here's your opportunity. You may not always have time to go back and plan and revise, prepare for it so that as soon as the opportunity comes, you can literally spit it out and say, this is it. So this is talking about clarity and this is also talking about preparation. He's talking about preparation. Every circumstance, every day leading up to that day where you get on the big stage is a season of preparation. Don't sit down and letting time pass saying God is going to do something. You are in a season of preparation so that when that big opportunity presents itself, it says time and chance happens to everyone. When your time and your opportunity comes, you are prepared. You blow everyone out of the water. The same way Joseph, he had been practicing, he had been interpreting dreams. When he got to the, to the biggest stage with, with um, what's his name, Pharaoh, he was able to do it effortless. He wasn't stuttering. He wasn't standing there thinking, oh, I'm not worthy. No. Clarity and preparation are so important on the way to achieving your big dreams because God will eventually bring you that platform. And if you have not been faithful in that season of preparation, you will not be faithful when that big stage comes. So he said, I want to see, I want to see. So he was prepared and he says finally, and Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. The final thing I'm going to say here is these things turn in the twinkle of an eye. In the twinkle of an eye. They talk about the final straw that, that broke the horse's back. You keep adding and you keep adding and it seems like ah, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Don't give up. Don't ever stop. Because that final straw is going to come that's literally going to open up the floodgates. It is when we stop that literally we're holding back what God wants to do. Okay. So that's it for, from me today. I hope you have enjoyed that. I hope you have picked up some lessons that are relevant to where you are, um, in your, in your walk with God today and in your own life. I will be back next week with another life lesson and teaching from the word of God. I'll see you then. Bye. Hey, before you go, do me a favor. If you've enjoyed today's podcast or any of the ones that you've listened to, can you please share with friends, family, and colleagues? Thanks.